0: This is an IMA podcast. The Institute of Modern Art is a contemporary art space in Brisbane, Australia. Since 1975, we have been presenting cutting edge visual arts through our annual program of exhibitions, public programs, publications, and off-site initiatives by local, national, and international artists. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land where the IMA now stands, the land of the Yuggera and Turrbal people. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Thank you all for joining us. Um, We're here tonight with Jen Nakiru and Atonga Tem for an In Conversation about Jen's art practice um, and perhaps also about the work that's currently on uh, display at the Institute of Modern Art here in Brisbane. Um, So, Jen and Atong um, are gonna kind of do an in-conversation style uh, program today where they'll talk about Jen's practice broadly, um, but also maybe in the context of her documentary making, Afrofuturism, um, reclaiming the archive and cultural histories among other things, I'm sure. Um, And like I said, Rebirth is Necessary is Jen's first solo show in Australia. Um, And it's currently on display at the Institute of Modern Art in Brisbane until the 9th of July. So I encourage you all to see it if you can. Um, Just some housekeeping. Um, I've just made a post in the chat. um, Again, please keep your microphone turned off. Um, And there will be some time for questions, audience questions at the end. So if you do have any, please type them into the chat. And um, Atong will kindly ask them on your behalf at the end um i'll kind of keep an eye on the chat too if any of you are experiencing technical difficulties and that kind of thing Um, but without further ado um i would like to introduce um jen and atong so jen nikiru was selected for the whitney museum of american arts 2019 whitney biennial and in 2020 she was the co-recipient of the jarman award She was the 2021 Grammy Award winner for Best Music Video for her direction on Brown Skin Girl by Beyonce, and also received a Cyclope Award, Soul Train Music Award, NAACP Image Award, and Khan's Line Award for the clip. Her latest piece, Out slash Side of Time, commissioned by the Metropolitan Museum of Art, New York, opened in 2021 as part of the exhibition Before Yesterday We Could Fly and Afrofuturist period room. And Atong Atem is an Ethiopian born South Sudanese artist and writer living in Naam or Melbourne. Atem works primarily with photography and video to explore migrant narratives, post-colonial practices in the African diaspora and the exploration of identity through portraiture. Atem explores concepts of home and identity through a critical and sentimental lens and references the works of photographers, Malik Sadabe and Seidu Kaita, and science fiction writers such as Octavia Butler as tools for navigating liminal spaces. Atem has exhibited her work across Australia, including the NGA, Moomer Monash, Gatru Contemporary, the Australian Centre for Contemporary Art and internationally at Red Hook Labs in New York, Vogue Fashion Fair in Milan and Unseen Amsterdam Art Fair. And Atem was the recipient of the inaugural Art Gallery of New South Wales La Prairie Art Award and the inaugural NGA Mecca M Power Scholarship in 2018. Uh, I'm sure they need no introduction though. Um, welcome Atong and Jen. Um, I will turn my camera and sound off and hand over to you. Thank you so much, Talara. Um...
1: And I want to also acknowledge that I'm speaking from um, unceded Nam Wurundjeri land. And uh, I think for me, as a migrant person who makes art about my migrant experiences, it's really pivotal and important that I acknowledge that I'm on Aboriginal land and that my existence in this country um, was not through an invitation from First Nations people. Um, so that's a big part of my practice as well, acknowledging that. And I want to say thank you, huge thank you to Jen coming to us at 1am all the way in. LA, I think. Um, I appreciate your time. And I'm so, 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 so excited to be talking to you about your work. Your practice has absolutely inspired me and so many other people who make film in the black space and in all spaces. Um, And just to kick things off, I'd love to start by touching on something that we spoke about when we first chatted, which was the collaborative nature of film and you being someone who makes films, especially music videos, I'd love for you to talk to us a little bit about your process when it comes to collaborating with other people.
2: Yeah, sure. I'm so glad to be on with you all. And so thank you all for having me. Um, Collaboration, gosh, it's such a big one. I would say, in terms of my process of collaboration, I think it takes on like many different facets. There are obviously um, the crew or the team of people that I'm collaborating with. You know, I also like to think that I'm um, collaborating with the work to bring it into existence as well. You know, in the sense I I tend to um, imagine that um, if I'm to create something, um, that this thing wants to come into being. And so often I like to say that I actually talk to the work, you know, um, and listen to the work um, and ask, you know, what two does it want to be? And so that kind of process of collaboration, even on that level, very much dictates, um, you know, how it very much dictates, you know, just how how I'm kind of like moving through the process. And what I mean by that is oftentimes, you know, there's this kind of sense sometimes in filmmaking to, um how do I say there's this there tends to be this kind of like sense to be quite to be quite focused on telling the exact story um it is that you want to tell without maybe thinking consciously about okay what what does this story want to reveal so ultimately it's like thinking about you know I kind of use a, a basic analogy of you know, um, ultimately, if I want to show in a piece of moving image, I want to express a certain emotion of how somebody feels whilst they're standing in the middle of a road. I'm less concerned with, you know, being so prescriptive to the level that I am saying, okay, this person to tell this story of how this person's feeling in this road, they must walk into the space like this. My concern more so is one of feeling. And it's more so thinking about um what what is what is the level of um feeling emotional and spiritual intentionality around the work so you know collaboration for me works metaphysically on that level too um and then also it's one of again as a part of the kind of ideation or gestation process it's also one where i i I was was able to actually um you know kind of describe it recently in terms of my process beyond I hate I told we were talking about this too I was saying you know it's not so much cinema you know that I'm looking to sometimes in my work it, sometimes it's it, it's I'm more so a observer of life and I'm also um, a list I listen you know listen try to listen to spirit I'm, I'm constantly trying to seek downloads <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know and um, you know and I'm con- and also something else too on a more so academic level I'm very interested in theory, you know, in the development of theory. And I oftentimes I'm very interested in the development of, I'm very interested in my work, in the visualization of theory, you know? Um, so, you know, somebody that I'm in good, uh, constant engagement with is um, Tina Campt, you know, um, who's, a, a, who's a brilliant um, scholar um, and writes about black visuality, you know, um, and she speaks a lot about, in her books, the, um, uh, the frequency of black life, you know, like what is that? Like on a somatic level, you know, like what is, so I often even when looking at her work, I start to think about what is the visual interpretation of such theory? So that's something on a level of um, collaboration, that level I'm thinking about even before, you know, you kind of get into the actual doing of making physically, you know, materially making the work. Um, And then on a, on a level of working with teams, you know, um, and like crew, um, I tend to, in terms of, in terms of collaboration, I, I like to, I would consider myself as an artist who's quite collaborative, I tend to have a very clear sense of where it is I want to go with the work. And I think actually having that clear sense is what allows and and having that clear sense of where I want the work to go again going back to the fact that um, emotionally I have a I have I know what I'm trying to get towards and so what that then allows me is to kind of open up um, the creative open up the creativity to those around open up the space I should say to Mm -hmm. allow for the creative of those who I'm collaborating with to to bring their own thing in I'm also somebody who's I'm more so loyal to the work than my ego so what that you know allows me to do is for me whatever feels the best (laughs) is is ultimately what I want to go towards Whether that's completely and prescriptively in line with what I thought the thing was going to be or not um and in terms of um and and also I'm constantly thinking about, I see um, film as like a living being, you know? And so it's, I'm constantly thinking about, I, I tend to like, in my mind, at least think of it at the beginning as a lump of clay. And it's through the process of like collaboration and exploration and conversation, like you get to essentially mold the work into the thing it wants to be. So the lump of clay analogy is more so for me to do the fact that the shape and the the, the 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 shape and the presence of the thing already exists we are more so going on a journey of nurturing it into being mm. um so I I do think a lot about um it's interesting because it's such a male-dominated industry you know that we're in but I really do feel filmmaking has always felt quite feminine to me in that way you know it's a it's an it's a energy of for me at least an en- energy of nurturing and loving something into being, you know? Um, and, you know, I'm constantly thinking about in these kind of like collaborative exercises that I'm doing, I'm constantly thinking about what is the residue of what I want this thing to have? So how does it linger beyond the screen? So of course there's an engage- an immediate engagement in terms of what you're seeing in the moment, if you're watching the- watching the piece or feeling through the piece, but you know, where does your mind go? When it's concerning that piece afterwards, what what kind of associations are you having post viewing the work? What is it stirring up in you? These are all things that I'm constantly thinking about on a collaborative level, constantly talking about with my collaborators. You know, um, so yeah, on, on collaboration on that level, I would say I would say that. Amazing.
1: I mean, it yeah. it it makes sense considering how collaborative inherently film is so it makes sense that you would take take that on in the way that you're thinking um, and that makes me think of a follow-up to that first of all let's just rewind and talk about how incredible and revered your career has been especially in regards to music video and you've had these recent and mm-hmm. incredible experiences working with people like Kamazi Washington, Nana Cherry, Beyonce mm-hmm. um, and it sounds like those collaborative um elements of your thinking came about in that. Um, there was something really amazing that you said about music video specifically, which is that you see it as an experimental space and you see that mm-hmm. um music video for you and the way that you think is a space where you're afforded so much language that traditional film doesn't necessarily afford you. I'd love for you to elaborate on that because I think there were some really beautiful
2: points there. Sure. Uh, yeah it was like saying you know especially as um Black image makers, you know, and even just image makers just generally, you know, there's certain, you know, certain spaces allow for, um, allow to certain extent, certain forms of experimentation. So for me, I kind of like, have always felt and, you know, there's a lot of my comrades as well, like, uh in this industry where the music video space is a space where we can go to to experiment with ideas it's kind of like the place where you go to play jazz you know um that that's kind of like how I would um describe it and you know kind of using this um uh using this musical analogy as well it's because there's a level of you know, to, to be quite direct, like you know, if you're making a movie, that's a commitment. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a long, it's a longer process. Or a TV show is like a longer process. And you know, there's something around film. There's a conversation actually that doesn't really happen very often around film and immediacy. That's, um, it's not really something people talk about a lot because film, as you said, like you know, it takes people and it also takes time. You know, like it, it's different. It, you know, if you're a singer and you have um, and you you have a song in your mind, you can just sing it, right? Um, It's immediate. If you're a writer, you write it. You know, you can just write up the idea. If you're a filmmaker, it takes people, you know, and it takes time for that that idea to kind of like come into being. And I feel like with the music video space as a form, it's very much the most, in terms of the spaces um, that we can have, I mean, the art space to some extent is that too, you know? But the music video space, and I would say maybe on a more pop cultural level, you know, more on a broader level, is the one space I feel um, Black image makers or, you know, and and, uh, specifically Black image makers, but also just artists in general, is a space that allows for experimentation Um, And, you know, a lot of these other areas, I'm speaking of it, film, TV, there's a level of expectation of linearity, you know, and that's not necessarily expressed um, in, um, that doesn't necessarily have to be expressed in a music video um, form. There's also kind of a sense of... um, uh, the surrealist, as I call it, the surrealist nature sometimes of the Black experience that, um, that feels oftentimes very other, you know, because we are so othered. It feels so other and it's like the kind of rhythm at which you would be creating or could create um, works that speak to that experience to kind of like try and make it fit the form of, say, a Hollywood structure of filmmaking feels quite in abstraction to what the experience is you know and so I find sometimes with um music videos especially for me on a personal level my practice is very is as much audio as it is visual um, and so what it allows me to do is to uh playing with the audio and playing with visual and possibly thinking about again like um creating more so 5D experiences you know something that is as much as it's seen it's heard it's felt it's smelt it's you know it, it situates you in a place um, and music video again um gives you the opportunity to to or the music video um format or form gives you the opportunity to do that in ways um you know other formats just don't allow
1: it sounds um, like you're you're using the word jazz to describe it in a in a musical analogy makes a lot of sense. Um, and on that note of jazz, I'd love to talk about the music video that you made with mm-hmm. um, Kamazi Washington's for for Hubtones, which mm. really is a great example of this thing that you're talking about because it's non-linear. Well, it's linear. It's extremely linear in that it's one mm-hmm. long what ten minute shot. Um, yes, and it, there's all this sort of subtle references or iconography in it that, that speak to your own experiences. Can you talk to us a little bit about how you came to make that video and, and maybe describe it a
2: little bit for those of us who haven't seen it? Sure. Um, so the piece um, um, you're speaking to is called Tones. I made it for Kamasi Washington. This was, uh, I think I made it in 2018. Um, and um, it was a cover of a Freddie Hubbard um, track, which, is, which was also called hub tones and it's really interesting because there were conversations that Kamasi and I like had generally um, but kind of what I was pulling from the music and what he was pouring into the music was so was so intertwined in ways we didn't even discover till we had a conversation post um, the creation of that of that video you know he was having um You know, I mean, Kamasi as a musician is just one of the most brilliant people I've ever been able to work with um, in in all ways. And he was very giving and very trusting and very um, open with me going where I wanted to go with the piece to the extent that I didn't actually tell him what I was making <laughs> until uh, until he saw it <laughs> when I presented when I presented it, um, and I was like, think there were so many things I was thinking about when I was making that piece. Also, because the music is so dynamic and it's doing so much, there was a level, and it, and it's so hypnotic. But the actual track itself, to me, is very hypnotic, and it's very um you know it's very transcendental you know it's very african it's very also american you know i was kind of i kind of referred to america i've referred to jazz as a transposed african power like i really believe like jazz is like a transposition of an african experience in north america like i mean because it was born up you know born in north america i feel and um so with that piece too, there were so many things I wanted to infuse and also at that point in my career, um, I was really, you know, reading, I was really deep in theory, you know, um, and really reading a lot about theory um, and also just really experimenting, you know? And so I kind of, you know, I, I kind of, the film for me was an exercise in um, how much movement and, you know, and how much movement and a, a transitionary experience can you create out of stillness, you know? I'm also so conscious of, um, you know, the, the idea of when you see Black people, particularly Black women in front of the screen, you know, there's oftentimes an, 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 an expectation of extreme movement and it, almost like an expectation of a heightened level of just um, taking up the screen in a specific way to justify you know why we should be on screen you know whereas I was more interested in um, and also for me too another thing I was thinking about at the time is I was thinking about how you know how the external the external of what blackness is is so inherently linked to what people think blackness is and I was thinking about what is a visual interpretation of an interior emotion, you know? And so with that piece, there's so much, as you were saying, there's so much going on. I was trying, I was thinking about how do I pull together past, present and future, you know, um, to make something that feels quite outside of, you know, any kind of like sense of um, time. Um, And so for example, you know, the the actual movement um, of the women um, I was thinking about my um, cultural heritage. Um, so culturally, and my heritage is Nigerian and the tribe that we're from, the tribe, we have this thing called a boni, which is a it's, a it's a ceremony of um connecting with spirit. And often what happens is people keep playing um a, a, the, the music will be played, and with the kind of like changing tone of the music, you kind of go um further and further and further and further and further into spirit to the point where yes, you're physically op- occupying a physical body, but where you're at is somewhere completely else, you know? And I wanted to, and the music kind of like sent me there to be honest. And um, so, and also it was, the, and, and also weirdly the track was called Hub Tones and it was all about Freddie Hubbard's kind of like use of tone tonality. And so all of that kind of like figured into for me how, you know, figured into the kind of exploration I wanted to do on that level. And then we started to bring in, or I started to bring in aspects of, um, uh, aspects of black iconography. So in fact, the way the women's uh, eye, um, eyebrows were designed with the jewels is like a nod to Nina Simone, you know, there's a call to nation time. Um, there was, um, uh, a court there was a quarter, there's a coordination time which I literally had them you know kind of a uh, uh, from obviously a Baraka, Lee Leroy Jones like written on their on their sash um, I at the time I shared studio um, lo, a studio location ish with um, a really brilliant um, uh, British Ghanaian um artist by the name of Larry Achiempong and so he has this kind of a uh, new Pan-African flag that he created called um, um, the Pan-African flag for the Relic Travellers Alliance and so we kind of had that as the backdrop um, of that piece and then also you know it's the kind of um, and also just in terms of the movement of the women too you know their movement and their engagement with the sound in the space is actually it's very subtly, but it's quite different from each other. You know, they're all kind of having this ecstatic experience, um, but they're all kind of like having it in ways that is very much personal to them. You know, um, and so I just kind of you know it's a it's a ten, ten minute video, one shot, and we're you know we're zooming essentially zooming. In a zooming back and forth, that's the that's the kind of extent of the movement of the camera is is a zoom, um, and you know that was and and a lot of that even around the kind of like the zooming in and out is the kind of like in my mind anyway. It's like the kind of like breath of the moment, you know. Like there's moments where you go in, it's quite tight, it becomes really heightened. There's moments where you come out, it's like a, a moment for breath. Um, and so yeah, so that piece is one. In fact, that piece is probably of all my works is probably one of my favorites. Like, like it's because it just, I'm I'm so curious about how to create work that truly does give create work that truly does give a sense of the internal experience. You know, because that's hard to visualize you know um it's easier to theorize but it's more difficult to to, to visualize and so yeah that project was an exercise and an exercise, an, an exercise in, in all of those things
1: it's pretty amazing to hear you say that it's one of your favorites because it is so uh um. it's so subtle and I, I love the way that you spoke about um I, I suppose positioning black women in in your in your pieces in a way that doesn't require them to do the most, and, you know, allows yeah. for subtlety yeah. and is breathing, which is something that I've suddenly picked up in in a lot of your work, um, even in your work that's showing in Brisbane at the moment, um, and it makes me think as well about the way that. your your movements, you kind of allow the movements to be subtle and soft, so to speak, but there's always so much richness in what you're depicting and in colour and in, you know, texture, you often depict a lot of different imagery. Um, And I'm actually really curious to ask you about your relationship to physically depicting Black people on film, which you do a lot, Mm. and you do Mm -hmm. it in a very, very interesting way. It kind of is a, a nod to, you know, vintage cinema in a way mm-hmm. um is that an intentional choice is there like a specific process you've come about like how do you do that And maybe you could use like say brown skin girls, since we're talking about mm-hmm. skin mm-hmm. As, as an illustration for that
2: yeah sure um that's a good question you know what it's so um you know what's really interesting to be really super transparent is I've also realized that a lot of my process I've had to codify post my process What I mean by that is a a lot of it is so, um, it's so instinctual, you know, Um, and it's kind of like in the making, I'm so, I'm so honouring the kind of like instinctual kind of thing that I'm going towards and it's almost like post it, I have to actually look back and say, oh, actually, theorizing it it, it's it's x y or or z i think it also is just because i'm also just a lover of people you know and so when i'm thinking too about black people i'm thinking about forms of expressionism of blackness that i don't typically see you know but that that i don't typically see in media or mainstream media but that is such my everyday experience you know things that are normal to me that maybe not normal to um to others in terms of in terms of represent how 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 i'm representing people um and so i think you know even when you think about like brown skin girl for example you know that that on a level of commentary i know beyonce had um you know a level beyonce had a sense of know being incredibly clear about what she wanted the video to be i also kind of came in with my own perspective you know we kind of like we collaborated on that level you know and you know even for example the imagery of brown and black women in that film extends to even for example southeast asian women you know um as a commentary on um to you know on on the caste or South Asian women on the caste kind like the caste system that exists to be honest is it's an international caste system at this point we're, we're, all, we're all amongst it but like you know they have a, you know it's a very specific caste system there and that's that was an interesting intersectional conversation with for me at least you know with um, the caste system that also exists in the West you know um, whether, it, whether it's um, whether you know whether it's accepted or not that's exactly that's essentially what we're living you know um and then also you know it's a it was it was a moment and is a moment for celebration that piece you know it was a space where you know thinking about womanhood too you know black womanhood it was how you know the kind of expansive nature of black womanhood you know it's you know, in that video, it's as we say, it's older women, it's younger women, it's South Asian women, it's trans women, it's mothers, it's daughters, it's you know, it's models, it's friends, it's activists, it's so many people, you know, so many different types of of of, of people. Um, and so, you know, I was really just conscious of making a piece that people can almost use medicinally, you know, um, what I mean by that is, it is as, as a piece that, I, I, I never wanted to make it a piece that people watched once, I was hopeful at least that it was, a and when I say me, medicinally, it was, it was one that people, you know, it, it could serve as a reminder, you know, um, and one that folks could go back to and, and be able to to, to, to draw from.
1: Um, I, I love the idea of a film as medicine. I think that's really profound, mm-hmm. and it, it actually is um, quite a, an apt way to describe film. And we we also did speak about this—the way in which um so much of film history and the film canon relies on people to have a specific knowledge of a specific kind of cinema in order to recreate mm-hmm. that, and 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 that leads to some um. You know, very specific kinds of films that we see celebrated, and you are totally doing something outside of that, referencing your the people that you love, referencing Mm the people that you grew up around, referencing music. Um, And on that note, I'd love to ask you about. um, It'd be great to talk about your work that's showing at IMA. Um, And I'd love for you to talk about because so much of the visuals in in um, Rebirth is Necessary are like what feel they feel archival I think some of them are actually archival mm-hmm. uh, and there's this sort of it's like a love letter to blackness and also a very specific love letter to your experience of blackness um, yes. and it sounds and seems as though where you grew up is a big part of that um, so I would love yeah. for you to tell us about Rebirth is Necessary and how it came to be.
2: Sure Rebirth is Necessary it's so interesting that film like changed my life you know um, because it came out it came out of it. of It came from. Uh, it came from many things. It's so hard to encapsulate this piece, but it came at a time where I was reckoning with a lot of things personally, and you know things that I was observing, um, and I really wanted to. And it came at a time in my career too where I was so eager and to some extent fed up with not being able to express myself in the language I wanted to express myself in. And so I took, I took my own money and made that film, you know, um, for the most part. And I, I was so incredibly loyal to um, my dreams with that piece. A lot of the um, scenes in that piece come from my dreams. I was also interested in the um, emergence of um, uh, the scene versus the herd, you know. I was also very interested in, um, you know, um, how do I say this? For example, there's a lot of scenes in that piece that people assume are archive. Or, <laughs> or, you know, weren't shot, you know, by us. It is completely a, a combination of archive and shot footage, but I wanted to create, um, I wanted to blur the lines of that, you know, um, in terms of what people were seeing and how they were, exper- how they were experiencing it. I would also say it's, I, I, I sometimes, when I'm writing specific films or making specific films, I tend to write to the films before I make them. Um, And kind of just, you know, kind of say what it is I want them to do, hopefully do, um, and what I want them to offer the world. Um, And this was a piece for me that I, again, I wanted it to be a healing film, you know. Um, I also wanted people, because I felt so much at that time in the film, I made it, I made that film in May 2017. Um, At that time, I felt there was so much. That we were being bombarded with in terms of image and news and experiences that were all, um, to me, the propaganda of like making us forget who we are, you know, and and, and the, the magicalness and the radicalness of who we are. And I wanted to create a piece as a container of energy um, that spoke to that 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 served as a reminder that if you ever for if you ever forget. You know, if you ever go down the path of a road that leads you to feel that you are not from something bigger <laughs> than yourself, um, please watch this um, and be reminded of your magic. You know that well. There was a lot of that that I was thinking about um, when making that piece. It's also a piece that I made, and I even speaking with my editor about this. You know, it's a piece that is. I wanted to create a piece that was a um, rendering of my mind's eye, like it's literally how I was like. If you want to know what the inside of my mind looks like, <laughs> across if I, any if across any film I have, that's probably the closest to how images are literally constantly um oscillating in my mind. You know, um, on a more personal level, there were certain images and reoccurring genes I just kept having, and I needed to, I needed to get, I needed to get it out. Um, in order to kind of like um, deal with them, you know, it was very much um, it was very much a process of therapy that that piece. You know, um, I, I knew what it wanted it, again. Like I was saying in the beginning, like I was quite clear on um, what I wanted it to feel like. But I can't tell you that in the very beginning I knew it was going to exactly look like X, Y, and Z. You know. Um, and, you know, it's a, it's, it's, it's a piece that, and also with, with the majority of my works, what I'm constantly hoping is that, you know, particularly at this point in my career, you know, because I have explored so much of what the Black experience is, it is that my pieces that are, cre- you know, the pieces that I create speak to a Black audience in a way that is very intimate. But my hope also too is that there's a level of universality in the in the work or the works that I'm creating, um, which allows for all people from all backgrounds to kind of enter into to kind of enter into the space and have some semblance of um, connection and confine themselves in a piece in in one way. So that means that everyone should be able to, I would hope. on on a human level come into the work and see the work and and, um, be able to be able to pull from it but the most intimate kind of um, the most the most intimate relationship obviously is naturally um, about um, people of the black experience I was also thinking about ideas again going back to the whole theory of things thinking about ideas of black universality you know how can we center um, aspects of society or peoples that pe- that are kind of like in a mass media level deemed to be um, fringe experiences. How can we center those experiences and allow for those experiences and those people to be the source from which others can, you know, um, find relation to themselves? Um, that's something too that I was thinking about. And then also Arthur Jaffa has a really incredible quote around um, the power of black music, where he says that um, um to paraphrase that um, he wants to make cinema with the power, beauty and alienation of black music, because it's the one place as black people where we have succeeded to the extent that if you we were to never make a piece of music again, there is no kind of um, um, there is there, there is no level of um. Misunderstanding that, you know, um, there is no level of misunderstanding that you know black people can create work. How can we bring the energetic that is seen in black music, particularly jazz, into a into a filmic space? So these are all, and many, many, many other things, um, these are all formed a part of the things that I was thinking about uh, whilst making whilst making that piece.
1: Uh, Incredible. (laughs) I love the way that you speak about um, the the world inside of your head and how that comes out into the works that you're making. Um, And I I will, I will ask you one more question before we go into some questions from the viewers, and that sort of ties everything together it's really interesting to hear you talk about wanting to make work that is for you know black people and speaks intimately to black people but still has a universality about it and i i feel like you've succeeded at doing that and i i, I totally see that kind of jazz thing that you're talking about um, and mm-hmm. it's really beautiful to see those influences as well like sunra in in your work mm-hmm. um,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: it would be really great to sort of hear some of those people that have, have filled your well in that way you know the people mm-hmm. that have given you um i suppose what you now wish to give to others in your work
2: Sure, um, I would definitely say it's um, most immediately the people around me, my family. <laughs> you know, I'm so grateful. You know, I'm so grateful for my parents. You know, um, I'm I'm so grateful for the level of, um, uh, you know, the level of. To be fair, yeah, the level of freedom that they encouraged in my thoughts. This is a a a I don't know if it's a weird thing to say, but also I was, I grew up in a household that whilst it was religious, it wasn't heavily religious. And what I'm getting at when I say that is that allowed for freedom of exploration in a way that I can even tell as an adult. I have friends that, you know, because there's a level of religiosity that is, is confining, to be quite frank, you know? Um, and so there was, a, you know, my, my dad also, he was a student for the most part of my childhood um, and he's such a thinker. And my mom um, was a computer programmer, like, um, and that, that's what she did, and so they, very much kind of lived their own lives. We were their kids, but they lived their own lives. And there's some, there was something about that kind of level of independence and freedom, but also strictness to be fair on some level, um, that created this interesting balance of, um, you know, how I turned out. So I would say my family, my, my, my parents and also to be fair, my extended family too, um, uh, really, really nourished, really nourished me into being in that way. Um, And then in terms of, um, it's interesting because I'm a filmmaker, but my first love is music, you know, and so a lot of my, a lot of of image wise, a lot of, you know, what I'm doing with um, the image, I'm always thinking about what's, as I said, like, you know, what's the visual interpretation of this music, you know, like, in terms of like how this Stevie Wonder Bridge makes me feel how can I create that in cinema? Like, that's ultimately a lot of what I'm thinking about. I can call on certain pieces of music and say, okay, I want to make a film that feels like how this sounds, you know? Um, so um, sound and sonics, just because it, they, as a child, it's sound and sonics that just allowed my mind to travel, you know, and, and encouraged my um, imagination. So I tend to like look to musicians um, more so. I'm also, you know, it's so funny because especially when I get this question, I'm always so conscious of having to have an answer <laughs> because I, I have an appreciation for so many. I ha- I don't play favorites, but I have like an appreciation for like so many artists. But I wouldn't say that I looked to a specific artist and that's how I've kind of like molded... Um, you know how I make my work you know um it's kind of like I remember when I was young and I used to like write and my dad would read my writing and 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 correct it and all of that he would always talk to me about you know to make whatever you want to create for it to be rich you need to have wide references you know so it's always kind of (laughs) it always kind of I kind of like took that and kind of spawn that out into like how I live my life but particularly as I am speaking about here how I make film you know and so it's almost like a bit of everything um I think also like being from um my environment um in terms of where I grew up in in South London in Peckham it's like a microcosm for the world like you know I didn't travel I think until I was like maybe 12 or 13 But um, being there, it's like you've traveled the world because even as an adult, and I've really now traveled the world, I don't think I've ever been to a place that's as diverse as that that space is. And so I got to see the connections, the links, also the things that make, you know, make us um, culturally people from different cultures, of course, like what, you know, what our differentiations is, but also what unites us, you know? And so my approach becomes especially growing up again in England, you know, so, you know, and then you have, you know, this kind of the interaction with the Commonwealth is what's kind of like charging, you know, the, particularly charging the type of, um, the, the places where people are coming from. It's just like a wider worldview, you know? Um, and then London is such an international city too, you know? Um, so all of these aspects, in terms of I think about, if I think about what inspired me into being who I am, It's it's all those things. I'm just going to grab my charger, because I think my <laughs> my battery is low, <laughs> one second.
1: Um, okay, well, in, in, in that case, um, there's a few really amazing questions that have come up so far that I'm going to read through. We will have to finish right at seven. So if there's anyone that wants to jump in and throw in another question, I'll try to read them as fast as I possibly can and give space for them to be answered. Um, but let's begin with some questions from your audience. Um, thank you so much, by the way, Jen, you're an inspiration to us all, um, but oh. I want to give you as much time to answer these gorgeous questions as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first question we have is from Naomi and Naomi's asking about your use of blue, like the blue child in rebirth mm-hmm. is necessary and my use of blue in some of my work. And the question is, what is the relevance and inspiration behind that element of your work?
2: Oh, that's such a great question. You know what's so interesting is um I was just attracted to, I don't know, when I, again, I don't know, particularly with rebirth is necessary, I was just seeing things in blue a lot, just in, in my mind. Um, it was, it's such a, the attraction to blue is such an instinctual thing, you know, but then I was thinking about, you know, how can I find a vibratory blue, you know, I said so the kind of like... You know, I'm just thinking about you know how can um, through color, you know how can I you know how can I pick a color that, or how can I like work with blue on a level that it feels energetically vibrant or alive. And so I think the color, I, the kind of color for rebirth is necessary is like a Yves Klein blue, you know, which is quite an electric, quite in like an, an electric blue. And then I guess, you know, when you, again, as I say, so much of what I do is instinctual and then it's post the instinctual exercise that you begin to theorise the things and then you start to look into, um, you start to think about even the idea. I, and then I remember it, I was like, oh yeah, okay, even the ideas of the blues, you know, um, as as a as an emotional state, you know. And then you actually have um, blue, you know, you have someone like Lightning Hopkins, um, who's a blues musician, who, who's talking about, the blues, you know, um, in the piece too. Um, And I was also thinking of, and in an interesting way too, there's a current of, um, or exploration of like uh, water through visually and sonically in that piece as well. Um, And I'm, you know, and I think also too, in extension of like, I tend to have, I tend to create for myself like a thesis, you know, or I tend to create like a, uh, yeah, I tend to create a thesis and I'm constantly trying to see if I can prove, prove that these links. So sometimes it's like maybe things that links, that feel quite um, disparate. I'm constantly trying to think about, okay, what is the connection between the two? And again, that color, you know, it, it when I started then looking into the archive, it was so interesting how archivally I was finding all these in the piece, and it, it, they all featuring the piece, in the piece. I was finding all these really interesting kind of links to not just the idea of blue as a color, but blue as a feeling and blue as a, blues as a sound. Um, so all these things are, are, and also just how it made me feel first and foremostly. I was like it, 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 it kind of that for me. That was the color that encapsulated um, the vibratory, like feeling of that piece.
1: Amazing. Um, mm-hmm. My response to it, my use of blue, is very instinctive (laughs) it's hard to describe it
0: but we'll save that for another
1: time um we've got another question here from Kate and a really interesting one from Ripley as well I'll sort of combine them so Kate asks what are your strategies slash tools of research in your practice and Ripley asks um about how do you access the spiritual connection to your work and know what story you mm. need to tell. So, I guess tools and strategy on a practical kind of earthly mm-hmm. realm, and then the spiritual stuff on a more kind of cerebral level. What, what, sure. how do you do it?
2: <laughs> um, I also, I'm someone I collect images and sounds a lot, you know. Um, and so, oftentimes, I get quite hypnotized <laughs> by looking at certain things, you know. Um, and so, I mean, I, I, it's not even, to be fair, even most recently, it's not something I do as much as I used to do, but um, but I will get back into doing more often is I will just, I like to read. I like to, um, again, I'm interested in people. And so I, I'm constantly, whatever I'm reading, I will clip it, you know, or whatever I'm um, watching I will make sure like I have a download of it and so I create particularly in in YouTube actually I create like these bins you know of different of different kind of like thoughts and ideas and obviously because I am sitting with this imagery and these sounds so often what then happens is when I want to create it's not a um a cold entrance into a topic because I've kind of like sat with things for a while and the the, the 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 kind of process of creation becomes one where I'm just reconciling things that I've you know I've found um but as I was saying too earlier you know it's like you know I do research quite dynamically so although I'm making cinema I'm not often looking to cinema to as it is as a, as a As a resource for research, you know, Um, I you know tend to look at art. I'm looking at anthropology. I'm looking at um, movement. I love architecture. Um, I'm thinking about even food in terms of taste. Um, Obviously, sound, you know, um, and music. So these are all things that you know. These are all worlds that I'm kind of like in conversation with. Um, in terms of research and so that's why sometimes it's like whoa how did you just go from here to here to here to here to here you know some of that is even like in um, in uh, in rebirth you know when you go from um, say seeing um, Kathleen Cleaver talk about black women and hair we also have a hair ad then you also have the women from the Nation of Islam then you also have then three women in a seance, then you have Audrey Lord talking about um, ideas of community and, and individuality. So These are all, I'm constantly like looking in, and even just from that, that's going from a TV ad to a documentary from Kathleen Cleave and the Black Panthers, where she's talking about black hair, to the women of the nation of Islam, um, through to um, black spiritual practices that are outside of the church through to theory which is like Audrey Lord. says so it's all these different things I'm constantly thinking about convergence and how I can make all these different worlds converge and then on the spiritual level of um of how I'm how I'm in conversation with spirit I'm it's, it's a process of listening to me you know um, it's it's a process I'm trying to even think about you know how to how to express it is is very much I'm, I'm i'm very much in love with nature <laughs> and so you know i'm very much somebody who is going to nature to listen you know and looking for stillness and look and looking to observe you know um and meditation as well is a practice for me um and in all these kind of practices I'm constantly as I said earlier like I'm constantly looking for downloads I'm constantly for me like my wealth is my spiritual connection I don't need anything else you know outside of that um that's what holds me you know um so yeah that's really beautiful
1: you make it sound like um it's not like a super conscious thing that you sort of allowing things to be channeled through you which is really powerful uh, we've got Absolutely. two more questions and mm-hmm. i like how different they both are so i'll just give them both to you monica asks sure. uh, where does your desire to visually represent interior emotion come from is it related to wanting to be understood or wanting your audience to feel seen or something else so that's, mm-hmm. that's question one mm-hmm. and then our very last question which you can end with it's yeah. from is writing or editing more important to you so you've got two things to think yeah. about what sure.
2: was well, give you the first one again I okay that. we'll yeah. take it
1: one step at a time where does your yeah. desire to visually represent interior emotion come from does it come from wanting to be understood and wanting your audience to feel seen
2: I think it comes from just a lack of um I think it comes from a lack I think it comes from the fact that you don't often see that and I feel so, you know the conversation materially and actually becomes very superficial. You know, people talk about black people. They talk about skin. They talk about hair. They talk about phenotype. They don't talk about the interiority of black people. You know, and I said, and I feel on some level, what I'm trying to get to is a deeper conversation that humanizes people beyond their material makeup. Right? It's easier to classify people if you can materially say X person who looks like this or has origins from a particular part of the world, it's easier to classify people into a group in that way. But I really am interested in a, a process of humanization and a process of understanding the complexity of being, you know, um, and so for me, inter- you know, it's the interiority for me that gets more to the heart of that um, exploration than even, um a concern about you know superficial representations of of what of what um uh, blackness is because I think to, if I'm even to speak quite um direct, I think it's quite lazy um if the conversation begins and ends with physicality, you know, um, I'm really trying to um, create an exercise of understanding. On a soul level, on an emotional level, on a psychosomatic level, these are all things that are more so interesting to me um, than you know, you know, um, the realization of like you know superficial um, understandings of of what, who we are as a people. So that I'll say that for that
1: yeah that's Mm. super profound and I think you're speaking Mm. um and touching on something that is really prevalent at the moment which is depictions of black people devoid of the black experience or the black soul mind heart and so on um so I think that's really profound and I appreciate you calling it out and saying it's lazy because it is (laughs) (laughs) um and then the very last question from Tig was is writing or editing more important to you
2: um definitely editing (laughs) (laughs) let's go there you've got a little bit of time to touch on that yeah if I have to pick between the two I I love I'm an editor I love editing you know like I edit all my work alongside my um editors you know irrespective of, of which editor I'm working with for any given project because also you know the editing process for me is where the mind's eye of it kind of comes into into play you know like how we're seeing images and I remember even when I in my first kind of like semester of film school we watched a lot of my editing class and we were watching a lot of um um Russian propaganda um cinema you know and it was so interesting to me about how the kind of Um, converging of certain images that could be completely disparate. If you sit them together, what effect that basically uh, um, creates, you know? And so editing for me is where I get to, you know, because I look at it this way. Um, For example, if you take something like Rebirth is Necessary, in the hands of a different filmmaker, all those elements, it would be a different movie, you know? And so for me, the identity of the film and the the frequential identity of the film is born not is born is manifested for me in the edit you know um so if i was if i had to choose between writing (laughs) and editing i'd choose editing
1: well, thankful to the universe that you don't have to choose and you can do it all. <laughs> um, I just want to say a huge, huge thank you so, so much, Jen, for your time uh, mm. and your incredible conversation. I'm sure that mm. I'm not alone in saying that I've gotten so much out of this and we appreciate the work mm. that you make. Uh, and I just want to remind oh. everyone to go to IMA if you can and check out Jen's incredible work. Um, and thank you all for coming. Is there anything else you want to say before we go, Jen?
2: yeah just thank you to you for making this happen I appreciate you so much I'm like it's not lost on me that we have like been I think we were friends on Facebook like years and years and years and years and years (laughs) ago I remember remember like thinking at one point I was going to come out to Australia we could you know have a cipher of sorts I'm just so glad that we're able to um in this moment kind of converge here and I also just want to send love to everybody um uh
1: Oh, no, what a poetic time for it to freeze.
2: <laughs> I'm so sorry. My- That's okay. <laughs> that was so poetic. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, but all I want to say, just send love and thanks to everybody that joined us today, and I hope you all gained something from it. So thank you.
0: Thanks, Jen. We love you. Thank you. I love you guys. Thank you. Thank you Jen. <laughs> um, and thank You're you welcome. to Atong for um, yes. holding that wonderful conversation. Um, we're very grateful to both of you. Um, and I'll leave it there. Um, yeah, I you hope you have a really wonderful rest, Jen. Um, thank you. And all the best. And thank you, everyone, for joining us.
2: Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Bye. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye.